When I was in my first and second year of university, there was a question I used to ask those in their final year without ever really giving much thought to. It felt like a super benign, casual question. The kind of thing I would just ask out of curiosity before moving on to the next topic of conversation. But over the past couple of months, that question, those six words, have taken on a whole new meaning. I hear them and my stomach churns, my palms get sweaty, I get really hot and I have to try really hard not to grimace. And that question is, what are your plans after graduation? You are listening to Class of 2020, a podcast about studying, graduating and coming of age in the midst of a pandemic. I'm Rafaro, and this week we're going to be talking about what it's like to apply for jobs and start your career in the midst of a global health crisis that's had a significant effect on the graduate job market. We're going to be exploring how final year students are adapting to the changes the pandemic has had on recruitment, some of the fears that those graduating this year are experiencing, and one of the ways that employers and recruiters have adapted to create opportunities for students beginning their careers in such an uncertain time. Episode 8, Starting a Career in a Pandemic. I want to start this episode with some advice, a request, a public service announcement, if you will. If you know someone who has graduated or is about to graduate in 2020 and they haven't overtly told you about what their plans are after graduation, maybe don't ask or at least ask tactfully. It's a very stressful question. I know your intentions are probably good. Maybe you're just trying to make some small talk with your friend or your nephew or your niece or your distant relative. But for thousands of new graduates across the country, those six words, what are your plans after graduation, open up a whole world of uncertainty, anxiety and dread. It's a pretty tough time to be a new graduate looking for a job right now. Some of the biggest employers in the country have cancelled graduate schemes and internships, more than a quarter of businesses have reduced the number of graduates they're recruiting this year, and young people entering the job market for the first time this summer are being hit hardest by the economic effects of the pandemic. So I spoke to a student pursuing a career in one of the industries that ground to a halt when we went into lockdown. My name is Leah Campbell. I'm a final year student at IDT National Film School in Dunleary in Ireland and I am studying TV and film production. We talked about what sparked her passion for film and TV. What drew me to film is that it really transported me to another world. I really enjoy watching films that show me something that I didn't know before, show me a world that I haven't seen before on screen of characters and stories that I'd not come across. And I just wanted to be able to tell my own stories and encapture, you know, lives of characters and storytelling that that was my main passion that's what drew me to film and i think it's such an amazing medium so our university is very practical so it was always in my head that going to university for film and creative subjects isn't essential but i did want to go to university and i did want to have that experience 
our degree was very, very practical and very geared towards jobs afterwards in terms of trying to make industry contacts in Ireland and in the UK and just basically going out and making content so that whenever you're coming out of uni, you have a showreel and something to show for your four years there. I didn't have the financial support to just do it through student finance. So I kind of knew I needed to have a job. The first year of uni, I worked as a waitress and then it came to a point where I was kind of turning down opportunities, actually doing what I wanted to do. So I gave that up and then just started sending out my CV to basically anyone, any TV shows that were going on in Dublin. I just kind of put together a CV. I didn't have very much experience, but I had lots of short film experiences. I basically bigged myself up a little bit. And (laughs) um, then one day I got a TV show called Into the Badlands, which was filming in Dublin. And that was just because they needed a last minute replacement. And it was very last minute. But because I did one day on that and I did well and I turned up on time and I was friendly and um, didn't make any massive mistakes, they kept bringing me back. And that's when I started to build up my um, industry experience, which I did alongside my studies. Leah kept showing up, sending her CV and building her industry experience, which in time led to some amazing experiences. She worked on the set of HBO and AMC shows like Into the Badlands and Game Game of Thrones. I definitely said anyone wanting to do film, it's better if you're doing a degree to also be trying to get in the industry while you're doing your degree because it means when you come out you have all these contacts and you're not just sort of saying here's my degree employ me. Despite having spent the time she was at university preparing herself for a future in the film and TV industry, like a lot of recent graduates, as her final year came to a close, it became clear to her that the pandemic was about to have a significant effect on the industry she was going into. My my plans for the summer was I had a few sort of mentors and contacts. I was making them aware that it was coming up to my graduation. I was ready to work. I was available. I sent them my most up-to-date CV and there was quite a few opportunities that were kind of lining up for me and my aim was just to work on set as a trainee or floor runner or just one of those starter jobs over summer to kind of get back into the flow of working on set working long hours and then just work my way up but also continue to do my own projects on the side and make my own short films and do my own writing but obviously with the pandemic all filming has completely stops worldwide really so a lot of the productions and those opportunities that I had lined up have all been stopped for now and we're not really sure when it's going to start up again so summer plans have been put to a halt. And Leah is just one of the many students whose career plans have been put on hold. Research done by Prospects in May found that almost half of final year students had lost graduate jobs and internships as a result of the pandemic. I spoke to final year student Emily Hay about her experience. My name's Emily and I'm, as of this week, um, a graduate from the University of Glasgow with an honours degree in Scottish literature. Like many students, Emily relied on a combination of part-time and seasonal jobs to support herself through university. But when the pandemic began and we went into lockdown, those opportunities began to dwindle. Like I'm from Edinburgh originally, that's where my parents live. So what I usually do over the summer is I get a job at the Festival Fringe because it's a big big employer like I've worked press for them and stuff and that I quite like that because it's also sort of in the industry I want to do even though I don't want to work in PR but it 
sort of media relations and it's good but when the fringe was cancelled that was like a massive worry for me because you always had the option that even if you didn't get a job or an internship kind of thing doing exactly what you wanted you could even get a job pulling pints at the fringe like and they pay kind of well the minute the fringe and the international festival and the book festival were all cancelled that was every temporary job in the city for the summer gone because <laughs> you've got lots of temporary retail jobs like some of the shops in town would also recruit for temporary retail just because the city was so busy and like hotels and things like that would recruit for temporary hospitality and that all vanished overnight that's worrying because I, a lot of people rely on that so that uncertainty was quite a big thing both in the sort of money aspect but then in the what am I doing with my summer aspect? And then the longer term fear of what are the arts doing and how are the arts going to survive this? Emily was pursuing a career in journalism, doing internships, working part-time and trying to build up her portfolio. But like many industries, journalism has really been hit by the financial effects of the pandemic. I also kind of freelance a bit and I had quite a few sort of freelance articles on the go when lockdown happened but they all got cancelled in April because the magazine had to stop publishing content because their revenue mostly came from adverts from sort of local pubs and shops and things that had all had to close and had all had to pull their adverts because they obviously themselves couldn't afford to which then meant the magazine like furloughed all its editorial staff and just had to cancel a lot of the freelance stuff that it had going it wasn't like much money coming from that anyway it was more just it's more just sort of a portfolio project for me but it was still hard and then also the arts have been hit so badly anyway that I just don't know if there will be jobs and what I want to do which is quite difficult to sort of think about and deal with. And Ellie felt the same way. My name is Eleanor and I'm a final year student, I suppose I've now graduated which is quite scary, um, but I'm a final year student at the University of York and I studied a politics with a year abroad BA degree. For journalism and the type of journalism I want to go into, the jobs boards sort of get very busy around May or March, April, May time. So basically when we've all been in lockdown yeah. and so a lot of companies have had like hiring freezes and I've been emailing a lot of HR departments and things like that, essentially getting email responses back, confirming what I had worried about saying that we're really sorry but everything's on hold at the moment. These last couple of months have been really tough for final year students and new graduates with fewer jobs and even more competition for roles that are already quite competitive. But in the uncertainty of graduating into such a precarious job market, New graduates have been finding alternative ways to gain experience, reach out to employers and make the most of their time. It's been it's been difficult, but I think it's also made me really really focus and work and make sure I want to get there because it's there's a lot of almost cutting corners and going and finding loopholes and things like that whereas okay if something's not open, email the head of that section of that publication and say when things do start to get open, these are my contact details, or would you be able to do a month's internship? Things like that, emailing people in HR, saying if they'd heard of anything, just stuff like that. And that's what I've learned in lockdown. I'm not the naturally as pushy person, but especially in this industry, it sort of taught me to be like, you know what, I don't want to come across annoying, but you've also just got to make sure people know who you are. Put yourself out there. So Twitter's great for that. And for networking on Twitter, things like that, I'll just follow a journalist who I love the work of and then see who they're following and then follow things like that I think social media has been amazing 
And for Leah, that meant using the time she would have spent on set, helping out in her local community. We have a kind of local community called the Camp Hill community and they're based quite close to where I live and they have sort of a little volunteer run cafe and their whole ethos is about encouraging adults with disabilities to lead independent and varied and fulfilling lives. I was a big fan of theirs anyway so they were looking for new workers because a lot of our workers are based in Europe. So a lot of them had to go home. So they were actually left in a really difficult situation where they lost all their workers within a week. And so Leah decided to start work in the residential community to help them in the wake of their staff shortages. You know, it's a proper sort of social care role. So there is a lot of things that are quite, you know, difficult and new to me, um, helping with personal care and um, sort of medicine administration and all this sort of thing so it was a huge learning curve and really challenging but it's been really rewarding really insightful into just humans and i know that sounds quite vague but as a filmmaker as a storyteller i'm completely intrigued and sort of fanatic about the human condition and what goes through our head and our relationships with each other so for me it's been amazing and really fascinating and also you know very rewarding as well the residents are amazing and i really admire them so that's been a huge perk from this whole experiences that i have sort of start working in the care industry and it's been really Amazing. I've really enjoyed it. How do you feel about starting your career in the midst of such an uncertain year? Career-wise, I just wanted to be like my own person, like self-sufficient by Christmas at least, and just have a job and know what I'm doing and where I'm living and stuff. But I'm back home now in Northern Ireland, and it's just like when you make a life for yourself somewhere else, and then that's kind of taken away from you. You have to reevaluate everything, like exactly what you're gonna do. And my plans are just out the window now. <laughs> my fears would be honestly, my fears would be to be where I am now, three, four months down the line, with like still not really having heard much. I think also one of my fears is out of a fear of not progressing and still being sort of here back at my house is that I would apply for or be in a position of employment where I applied to it and gained it out of fear of not doing anything at all and then get stuck in it and get stuck in a rut. I think that's my actually one of my biggest fears is to get stuck in a rut but it's fairly comfortable so you're okay and then you look up and four years has gone by and you're like okay well that's not how I meant to do that. I don't know I think it's just the uncertainty isn't it we don't know how long this is going to go on for we don't know what the long-term effects will be so I'm not worried that I'll never get a job I'm just a bit concerned about when and what kind of opportunities there will be. While finding year students are adapting to the effect the pandemic has had on the job market, those who I spoke to had a strong sense that the industries they plan to go into are going to look incredibly different this September than they would have last year. There's no doubt that working remotely is going to be a big part of our new normal, and that a lot of us are going to spend the first few months of our careers only speaking to our colleagues over Slack and Zoom. And while it's a different way of doing things, our increasingly virtual lives are gonna make work a lot more accessible and lead to new innovative ways of doing things. And one of those innovations is that an increasing amount of companies are offering virtual internships and making a lot of their entry-level roles remote. And so I reached out to James Uffendale. 
James is the CEO of Bright Network, an organisation that has spent the spring and early summer rolling out a range of virtual internship experiences. In our conversation, we talked about Bright Network, their virtual internships and the advice he has for the class of 2020. My name is James Offendell. I'm the CEO and founder of Bright Network. I set up Bright Network in 2013 to provide the connections, advice and insights to graduates to help build the workforce of tomorrow. So we felt there was a big gap in terms of how kind of bright, talented students connect with the world of work. And we wanted to use our expertise and in particular around kind of data and technology to help young people fill their potential. So you work with students, graduates and employers every year and so get the opportunity to see different trends and shifts that come with each new cohort. So what trends have you noticed this year when it comes to opportunities available for students and graduates to get jobs and internships? So yeah, we work with, we've got over 320,000 students on the platform, so it's all free for the students. And we work with 300 plus of the world's best employers, so everywhere from like Amazon, Google, Goldman Sachs, etc. And there are a series of things happening at the moment in terms of COVID-19 crisis. The big thing we've shown from our research, so I think the number is 62% of students had had a job application cancelled or an internship or graduate scheme cancelled. So obviously hugely disruptive for students. And that's then resulted in a big impact on confidence so confidence plummeted so we, we ask our 2020 graduates we do a little kind of survey with them and we ask them essentially how confident do you feel about getting a job that went from about 58 percent uh, in January so they were feeling kind of relatively confident went down to about 32 percent something like that after the crisis struck so there's a huge impact on confidence which is why we launched internship experience UK which we're going to deliver a million hours of online learning we've had over 100,000 applications we've built this national coalition yeah so for those who aren't familiar with the internship experience could you kind of explain what it is and like the difference between the regular one and then the on-demand one okay so we're very key to call it an internship experience not an internship because we wanted to be really clear with everybody and essentially it's a three-day deep immersive learning experience where our members so bright network members it's completely free to join they come on board and they go through a series of learning experiences so they hear from the world's best employers they have like generalized skill sessions so things like networking they get like sector insights we've done like one on investment banking one on law one on consulting they get these specialized sessions they work on kind of work samples so the kind of work you might get when you're in an internship which then gets kind of peer-reviewed marked we bring back our alumni so all our successful bright network members who've been there and done it they come back and do the mentoring and they get certification as well so the live experience but then obviously from a social mobility angle we obviously completely understand the students are kind of working or can't take part or whatever reason there's an on-demand experience where the students can essentially kind of watch everything they didn't get to take part in for whatever reason and then they can still benefit and get the certification yeah so obviously you've said that a lot of the students who take a part of it have had really positive experiences so from a, like an organizing point of view what have been like the difficulties and challenges of trying to create it to be completely online because doing like an internship is very different to doing a virtual internship experience yeah it's a, it's a great point and uh, we're obviously doing this podcast on zoom for the listeners and before and i you know would see me laughing then because uh yeah it was it, it, it's been a huge project so we are a small nimble team there's about 32 of us and when i could see this was happening i thought well, look, we needed to do something the team was incredible so it's a nice reminder when you get really great people in your organization so what we had to do was very quickly design an in-depth learning program and and spin it up to 
cater for tens of thousands of people. Like it's been far bigger than we than we thought. We actually projected we'd have about eighteen thousand applications. That was our target, and we've had over a hundred thousand. So it's nearly kind of five six times bigger than we were projecting. And in answer to the question, yeah, it's just been a lot of hard work by the team. But they're so committed to the Bright Network cause. I mean, there's it's incredibly satisfying helping young people fill their potential, give them the right skills. The way we like to think about Bright Network is when I went off to university. Mum and dad are both left school at 16. I didn't have a network around me saying, hey, what about this? Or what about this? What about this? And there were students at my university when I was at Oxford and, and, and it, you know, happy for them, you know, they were kind of almost like getting that guidance, like a network around them. Like, oh, you know, you're interested in language and, you know, why don't you go and work at Uncle Dave's law firm or whatever, right? And then suddenly they're accelerating their careers. And I never had that, which is why I started a business from my student bedroom. And then having kind of built up that business and then sold it, I realized this problem still existed. So what we try and do with every Bright Network member is put that kind of network around them to give them those that kind of like um, insight and advice so in terms of being built into the mission the team are incredibly engaged and they've worked really hard and as a result they've um, spun up something pretty special I think yeah no definitely so you've created this internship experience that is enabling students to get those contacts to get networking so what do you hope will be the longer term response that employers have in order to like keep this going because of course this is great in the summer but then we don't know what the world is going to look like next year it's a great point so I think there's kind of always been four phases of the crisis. There was an initial um, emergency. We need to go into our homes and protect the NHS because there was, like, is the NHS actually going to cope? Then there was almost like lifting of lockdown, which we're kind of coming to an end of now. We're now moving to third phase, which is the new normal. You know, we've shown it works. And, and, and firms have loved it because it's shown scale. You know, they can have their senior business leaders because they're the people who really want to talk to the students. They can open up their laptop. I mean, this morning I was talking to 10,000 students. You know, I woke up, had my breakfast, did my meditation, had a stretch, and then, and then talked to 10,000 students. And, and the most important thing that students want to know is what are the people like in the firm? It's like direct access. So to answer your question, COVID has almost brought through of accelerated digitalization by maybe five years. So now it is norm. So we are going to keep on doing this. We're going to finesse it. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to develop it, take it forward. I mean, TBC, and don't tell anybody, but we might even go global with it, which has been really exciting. And the firms, for them, it's great because they get to access the best talent, really kind of efficiently get out get out there. But we now think we can take it forward. And I think what's happening in the market is there used to be this thing where students arrive at university, they have three years of studying and drinking and Instagramming and all the things that, you know, students get it right to get up to. And then we're suddenly like, you know, looking for a job and there's almost that gap. And what we can do now, working with our career service partners is actually bring that whole ecosystem together. So rather than just being like, you know, you begin university at the end, actually through university, how do we upskill? So actually before COVID-19, at any one time, there's a million unfilled jobs in the UK. Isn't that incredible? Nobody talks about that. They always talk about the problems. Half of the big employers don't fill the roles they have. So actually they want to hire graduate roles, but they can't find the right talent. And those are actually mainly roles in technology and data. And so it's really exciting. So I, I you know, I feel so sad when we all see these clips of graduates who've done the wrong degree and their stuffing shelves at Tesco's and they're unemployable. Nobody wants that. So we're going to be developing internship experience UK 100% and, and moving it forward. Yeah, and definitely. And from the point of view of someone who sees these jobs, these graduate jobs that go unfilled or these jobs that are like, they have more roles than there are people who are qualified. What kind of skills do you think are important for current graduates and current students to be developing over the next couple of years as we become more digital? It's a really, 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 really good point. And there is a big mismatch here between what firms actually want and what students think that firms want. So, so students think it's getting a 2-1, understanding the industry, and then thirdly, communication skills. The reality is firms rank it, because we surveyed them, communication skills, passion for the business, 
and problem-solving skills. And, and then also resilience, interestingly, number number four. Now, students rank resilience actually right at the bottom of the pile. They only put it at, at number 11. And there's an incredible uh, intellectual called Yuval Noah Harari, who's written a brilliant book called Sapiens. And he was asked, what do you think a bright kind of graduate should be looking work skills working on now and he said well actually a lot of the jobs we are going into now won't be around in 20 30 40 years because for the first time ever we've, we've developed this thing called ai which means actually that takes over cognitive ability so the th- th- things he's, he says to work on are emotional intelligence understanding other humans and then secondly resilience and i think that is absolutely critical because in your career and in your life you will all, it will not go to plan you will always have challenges you'll always have setbacks and it's really important how you respond to them. It's not, are they going to happen or not? It's how you're going to have a setback. When I think about my career, when I started my first business, definitely didn't go to plan, nearly ran out of money. It was really, really, really challenging. And then obviously built that business, sold it. And then with Bright Network as well, there's been like huge moments of challenge, actually. But you have to power through those moments. And, and then actually, that's where you grow. I think you want to challenge yourself. And so developing resilience would be the number one thing I personally would say that students should really focus on and graduates. Yeah, no, definitely. I think resilience is the kind of thing that allows you to keep on going for new opportunities regardless of like what's going on in the world at any given time and then also to adapt and evolve because like you could go into your first year of uni thinking oh I definitely want to work at this company doing this job starting September 2020 and then things change but resilience allows you to just keep on finding opportunities. The final question that I have is if you were doing the commencement speech at this year's graduation what advice would you give to graduates graduating this year? I would say three things. One would be invest in learning and development over other things you think are important so for example if there's a job and you know there's a one that's a 35k salary and one that's a 25k salary if the 25k salary you're going to learn a lot more then i I personally definitely go for the 25k salary and the the way i ran my career i mean if i wanted to you know i was um, graduated from good university i was pretty commercial etc etc if i just wanted to make as much money as i wanted to straight away i would have gone into that but instead i wanted to learn about entrepreneurship and life and people and that's what i really really prioritized for the first kind of um you know in my 20s so i think really prioritizing learning when you meet those choices learning over other things i think is really important because it sets you up for life secondly there is no perfection there is no kind of a star perfection so just be yourself just be the person that you want to be and your genuine self and don't be ashamed of that or disappointed in that or try and kind of keep other people happy like be yourself and you will have things that you in, you just need to find out about yet that will really kind of help power your career forward so when i was again i was 21 i started my first business i had no idea if i was going to be good at kind of op- operations or logistics or sales or all these different functions of, of the working world and I kind of you know through because I prioritized by learning I understood what I, I think I do kind of relatively well which is things like you know basically marketing and PR and um, entrepreneurship and managing risk and people that sort of it I think are probably things I do okay and then but then all the other stuff that you know you're very very lucky that I don't organize any of our events right because it would be a complete disaster right like, so getting the people in who are really really good and but, but playing to your strengths I think that would be my second point would be one the third one would be don't think about work-life balance it doesn't exist in my view okay this whole dichotomy about you work and then you and you have work work life and non-work life like it's all just life 
And so there's a great guy called um, Naval Ravikant who talks about this. And the other thing as well, we're living a lot longer now. So there's a great read called The 100 Year Life, which we're, we're partnered with London Business School and they sent us a copy and it's by one of their professors called Lin, uh, Professor Linda Grattan. And the whole idea, we're all living a lot longer now. So actually a, a, a child born now has a 50% chance of living to 100, right? I have something like a 50% chance of living to 95. You know, you're probably like 50% chance of living to like 97 and a half. Like this is huge. It's that old model of you have a three-stage model you have your education and then you work from like you know 20 to 60 and then you retire you might genuinely be longer in retirement than you are working so actually actually doing things that you enjoy not in a kind of old just do what you enjoy cliche kind of way but it is all just think about satisfaction and one's existence not to get too deeply philosophical i think looking at you know something like existentialism like why are we here what are we meant to be doing the big why and understanding yourself and understanding the world that is a journey and it takes time so yeah those would be my three main tips the virtual internship experience has ended but the bright network website is packed with helpful advice for students and new graduates job opportunities across a broad range of sectors and resources to help you kickstart your career to find out more, visit www.brightnetwork.co.uk. I started applying for jobs a couple of weeks before the pandemic really hit Europe. And as we got closer to the Easter holidays and went into lockdown, I started to get a bunch of emails from the places I'd apply for telling me that they were no longer hiring, that recruitment had been put on pause, or that the company no longer had the budget for the job. Sometimes it was even worse. I would visit their website or scroll on Twitter and find out they were cutting departments and whole teams of people were losing their jobs. If I'm being honest, I was really scared. For me, going into final year was exciting. I've been in full-time education for the past 17 years, and like a lot of people, I was really genuinely excited to start the next chapter of my life, take the next steps into my career, and really truly come of age into adulthood. But honestly, I've never felt less in control of my life than I have these last couple of months. Now, when I say that I'm really excited to start the next chapter of my life, I'm probably saying it in a vague LinkedIn post to make it seem like I know what that is, even if I don't. And this is probably not the kind of thing I should be saying in a podcast that I'm definitely gonna share on LinkedIn, but it's the truth. And it's the truth for so many of us. Me pretending that I have it all together helps absolutely nobody, least of all myself. In the conversations I've been having before and after the interviews I've done for this podcast, it's become clear that a lot of us are struggling with all the uncertainty. That there's a lot of shame wrapped up in not having secure plans for life after graduation, and a lot of anxiety wrapped up in the potential long-term effects of starting your career in the midst of a pandemic that has had such a negative impact on so many different industries. Like a lot of students graduating this year, I've had to pivot from trying to control every aspect of my life to learning how to live in the discomfort of not knowing what's next. Starting your career in the middle of a pandemic is pretty tough. Applying for jobs when the economy is in such a fragile state is difficult. And for many of us, this summer has meant having to reckon with the fact that our futures might not look the way our first year selves thought they would right now. But I found comfort in looking at the last couple of months and next couple of months as a sort of crash course into adult life. As a really intense time that has taught me how to deal with difficult situations, bounce back from rejection, live in uncertainty, and learn so much. I'll be honest, mostly I've been learning lessons I didn't really want to learn, but lessons that I think we can all agree have taught us a lot about how to look after each other, how to look after ourselves, and how to persevere. 
even in the smallest ways. Nobody knows for sure how the effects of this pandemic are going to shape the lives and careers of people who are graduating this year. But my non-expert opinion, or at least my hope, is that in the space between who we are and who we're going to become, our experiences will create in us a level of resilience, community and purpose that will guide us through whatever comes after graduation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Class of 2020. I would really love it if you could rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it so that it reaches even more students. If you want to get in contact or be a part of the podcast, email me at classof2020pod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at classof2020podcast where I'll be sharing more stories, exclusive clips and resources. Something's happened and I feel like I need to just come out and be honest and open about it. People think I made this podcast by myself and remember, tell your story, tell your story of being unappreciated and unpaid. I'm being unappreciated, unpaid. She says I haven't done enough money to gain five pounds. (laughs) So I would like to thank my unpaid, completely here because of nepotism, so doesn't work very hard in turn. Yeah, well, well, you took a break after two <laughs> But, but, because this is a media company, this one podcast, if she works hard and keeps on complimenting me and stays my sister, you will be promoted to what? CEO. Meaning? I forgot. You forgot your own title and you want a job. <laughs> Charming, energetic officer wow amazing okay rumble's gonna read the credits this podcast would not be what it is without the amazing students graduates and experts who so graciously agreed to be interviewed so me and my intern referral want to say a huge thank you to james uffendale emily hay natasha riney eleanor longman rude leah campbell katie turney i'm referral this is class 2020 and i'll be back next week with a brand new episode thank you for listening bye Beep 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 be